You are listening to Let's Talk, a weekly training resource for South Carolina Baptist worship, production, music, media, creative, and communications leaders. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Lyons and Matt Freeman. Matt and I are here. We want to hear from uh, church uh, communications, media, marketing, worship leaders, music, musicians, music uh, directors, leaders. And today, um, I wanted to bring on Oksana Vayuk, and she is from uh, Tennessee uh, currently uh, via way of Cleveland, and then before that, uh, via way of the Ukraine. And she is currently the worship minister at the church at Harpeth Heights uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, thanks for joining us here today, uh, Oksana. I'm so excited. Hi, everyone. Oksana is a woman of many hats. She is uh, bivocational. Uh, She uh, does uh, the worship leading at her church, but in addition, she is also has some other roles. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Oksana? Yes, I work um, part-time at the church as the worship minister, um, and then I work part-time as a pediatric intensive care unit nurse at the Children's Hospital here in Nashville um, and downtown. And then um, just got an opportunity this past year, the Lord opened the door to teach at Belmont. And so um, this past semester, I was teaching theology and worship arts and yeah kind of that's awesome that's awesome see many hats many hats that Oksana (laughs) wears so just obviously you know uh being a bivocational uh minister can you just kind of talk a little bit about uh the challenges that occur in being that bivocational minister how you navigate those challenges and specifically you know amidst this time where you're probably both you know both as a nurse and both as a worship minister, those two portfolios have probably exponentially increased and just how you kind of manage all of that together. Yeah, no, that's a a wonderful question. I think um, I personally, I've gone through, it's almost like a roller coaster. I love, now I've come to really love being bivocational um, because I remember, um, reading an article from Ed Stetzer and he said that uh, being bivocational is not a penalty, but it's an opportunity. And um, it's just like a tent making ministry. And what I've seen in my own nursing career is just, it's been, it's given so many more deeper opportunities for the gospel um, in ways. So for just in your local community, um, we as ministers, as people in the church, we want to show our people, um, we want to strive to work hard among our community. Um, we want to show people what a life of obedience to Jesus looks like as we work in the mundane, um, raise a family, live as just ordin- in the ordinary. Um, and so for me, it's really built a... Um, also worth work ethic where it kind of gains you gain greater respect and credibility among your neighbors and working uh, and especially within the church too and so and we as leaders and ministers we want to model to our people how the gospel shapes every aspect of our life and so um, that's just one thing I loved that this in nursing it 
provides the opportunity to evangelize um, for the sake of the gospel. That's Paul's motivation in all his writings. And I remember specifically one, one opportunity where I took care of a 14 year old um, little boy and he had no health problems prior to this, but he came into the ER and he was having headaches. And right that night he was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. I got him in the PICU that night and my manager was like, Oksana, just like really closely watch him because tonight this may be, um, he may hemorrhage, he may just bleed out. Um, so you're just one-on-one with him. So I was in the room right next to him at his bedside. But from that led to just conversations, you build relationships. And he told me two weeks prior that he gave his life to Christ. And just that night got a huge gospel divine opportunity to encourage him. And the next year and a half, he's had, he had six more brain surgeries and every time the Lord put me as his nurse and at the very end, um, the Lord took him away. But in every single moment, those are moments where you get to evangelize to the family and be the hands and feet of Christ. We're, and not even just a nursing, wherever you may be working, if it's a construction, construction worker or anywhere. And so um, that's the part I really do love about, about bivocational ministry, um, connecting with people just outside, not being in the church bubble. But some challenges are also just juggling that, I think, because you you have different spheres of influence and you want to intentionally pour into people there and pour people in, pour into people at the church. And so it's it's really been, I've had to evaluate where the boundaries drawn um, to not overwork myself. I think uh, with my tendency. I'm ambitious and I want to go, go, and I want to do and accomplish. And, but yet the Lord calls us to rest and have those rhythms of rest in our life. And so I think it's, it's a journey. I've failed many times of overworking myself and, um, but just relying on his grace and knowing that what does it look like today to love your people faithfully, wherever you're at, wherever you're at, be all in. And so if I'm at, if I'm at the hospital today, I'm going to be all in there. Um, and if something comes up from church, take it to the Lord in prayer, but I don't have to do everything, um, because I can cast all those burdens onto Christ. Um, and so that's kind of those little reminders for myself. Amen. 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 So Aksana, yeah, I mean, in this time, you know, a lot of the, worship and music and communications media people are the people who are, you know, kind of over, you know, we all are kind of in double time and, you know, normally we have that sprint towards Easter and then we can finally kind of tone down, but in light of COVID, we haven't been able to do that. So being reminded to be able to have the Lord be carry our burdens and that in him, he, we can find rest is a good reminder for all of us to have, because I think all of us, 
sees this opportunity as like now is our time to like do it because we've been for such a time as this we are yeah. to rise up and and to do our thing and sometimes the best thing that you could do for your congregation and for your people is to rest and to encourage them to find that sabbath and rest as well so yeah. as you're leading your people in you know in harpeth heights tell us a little bit about harpeth heights about the leadership there and just about your role and just the church kind of in general, so people can kind of get a, a swath of what the church at Harpeth Heights is about. Yeah, so we are located in Bellevue, um, just about maybe 20 minutes from downtown Nashville. Um, and we are a congregation of about 350, 400, but um, Pastor Brandon is our pastor, and um, he's grown up in uh, Nashville. And our staff, um, we have... We we just merged, kind of, um, and so we're kind of undergoing this the struggles of the old and wanting to really just come in with new new ideas, but also being really um, careful and shepherding our people well to not lose them in this merge, and so. Um, yeah, it's staff dynamics has been, half of them have been there for many, many, many years with pastors who have come and go. And so there's lots of trust issues. Um, and there's some of us who are completely new. I completely new to Tennessee, came on as the worship minister and uh, the student minister also is new to the area and the children's minister and everyone else um, has been long members there. And so just... Uh, being able to navigate those waters and, and build that trust and uh, respect for one another so that we could lead our people well into the direction that the Spirit puts on our heart um, for our community. And yeah, we have a choir as well. Um, it's about 30 to 40 people sure. um, mixed uh, ages, um, trying to get the younger folks. <laughs> um, but it is... And it's probably more mid to older gen uh, congregation, but um, Bellevue is growing with lots of younger um, uh, families coming in. And so just the desire to, um, yeah, be inclusive to everyone and try to reach everyone with the gospel. So that's kind of hard. Our, our church here in Columbia also merged with an older congregation okay. in the last six months. So we are... Wow some of those things as well and it's been really beautiful let me I'll do a follow-up question to that so as you've you know, as you've moved into this role and your church is merging together um, what's been unique about this season in particular with social distancing and probably not gathering uh, what have been some of the unique challenges and some of the answers to those challenges that that you guys have walked through in the last six weeks or so lots of challenges as many of us feel in this time I think, especially, I think because of our congregation being more mid to older, obviously there's more restrictions even now as phases are opening up, there's still people being confined to their homes and all of that. And so just the past, we have weekly Zoom meetings with choir and the worship ministry. Um, so I'll speak just particularly to the people that I'm just shepherding over, but uh, it's been hard for them because they are feeling lonely and and tempting 
temptations into depression. And there's really like mental health um, risks with all of this being quarantine and social distance. And however, um, I think the number one thing that just the Lord has put on my heart is trying to intentionally seek out what it means to love my neighbor in this time. So that's really like, okay, I'm going to write down a list of people I'm going to call call today or I'm going to leave them a voicemail. I've asked them a prayer request. If they don't pick up, leave them a voicemail of a prayer for them or any kind of encouragement, regular emails, um, just really showing the people that I'm here for them. I love them and point them to Jesus because his word does not return void. And that's, what's going to get them through this season. Um, and I think another challenge has been, maybe you've experienced this too, uh, man and Alex, just virtually the comparison trap um, of worship services. And, and for our church in particular, um, being smaller than some of the other ones um, here around Nashville is resources are limited. And I'm just reminded that we, the Lord doesn't, what does success look like in our eyes can be so in flesh and what it means to live by the spirit is being faithful and obedient to what God has called you to. And he gives us all that we need. And so even though right now my church may not have the ability to have four or five camera angles and be able to audio mix a full band, what can I do to inspire my people um, to look to Jesus, look to his word in all of its simplicity and authenticity. And so um, just reminding myself, like, it's not about technology. It's not about production. Even though those things are good, they're great. They're huge blessings. And there's, I would, will affirm all the tech people in media, but um, remembering that people are the ministry um, and that it's about intentionally loving them well. And that word intentionally has just been the Lord's spirit's been convicting of me, convicting me of like, what am I doing intentionally in this season right now? So. Amen. 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 Um, so Oksana, uh, you mentioned, you know, like your leadership, you know, are just talk to me a little bit about just about um, uh, to my understanding, are you one of the only female ministers at your church and just kind of maybe discuss a little bit about, um, the challenges or the, uh, just the situation with that. And just kind of, you know, um, my hope is, is that some of the people that, you know, are listening to this or are watching this, maybe they can be encouraged just by they're in a similar situation to you, how, you know, how you navigate, navigate that in Baptist life. So. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's been a question for just really, I've battled, since the very beginning of when I was 16 and I knew that I was called to serve the local church and served, um, be called to vocational ministry. And especially I come from a conservative background. I'm growing up in a Ukrainian Baptist church and just our culture is really different. Um, uh, people would make jokes of women stay in the kitchen and both, but really just, not things that were really helpful um, when I was young. And actually, I remember when I was young, um, 
voicing my passion to know the word better and my desire to go to seminary and to go to Bible college. Um, and a lot of people just kind of looking down upon that of just, that's only for men. Um, and in what I've just, and so it's, it was a huge anomaly for me to go as a single to seminary um, and study the Bible. And so, and of course I, I still, I had many mentors who were really supportive, but it was a hardship for me in my culture. And I just, I come to like want to encourage women to know the word of God, because whatever role the Lord calls you to, if that's in singleness and marriage as a wife and being a mom and being on church staff, we are called to know the word and that's going to, that's going to um, bear fruit in whatever role he calls you to. But one thing I specifically, um, I think it's, it has been difficult in the sense of we, we do gather every two weeks kind of worship leader gatherings um, in, within the Nashville area. And I'm one of the only female worship ministers. And, um, but it's, it's been great to have brothers in Christ who are really supportive um, and really encouraging um, for the gifts that the Lord has given me to use for his glory. Um, but just another encouragement for just churches who wrestle through this, like we need hands and feet to go with all the heads in the congregation. And I know 50% of our congregations are female and those sisters in our congregations are wondering if they're able to tangibly, if we as churches are tangibly able to demonstrate equal value in the local church, not just affirm it with our words. And I'm not saying female as a pastor, no, I'm, but I'm voicing just like, just the obvious if a young man um, of, has ability and giftedness comes up on the doorstep of your church and he you, who do you put him in contact with? Where, who, how would you help him find his place in ministries? What opportunities would you give him to cultivate his gifts? Um, what hopes would you have for him as a leader? And, um, and even if the fact that she will not fill the pulpit, what, what can you imagine the ministry trajectory for her to be? Um, how can you encourage her as a leader and, and so, and that kind of involves the whole idea of the priesthood of all believers, uh, treasuring like the brotherhood of the pastorate, but for the love of the church, inviting the sisters to be at the table, the ministry table. Um, and for us to not, for us to be a church where we affirm that equal value of men and women is not open to debate. That's um, we have different roles, but let us encourage each other because we need to complement each other and serve every single person, diver how diverse our congregation is. And so that's just encouraged me to still be under the submission and authority, gives me comfort under the pastor and to, to serve and to love my church well and to shepherd their hearts. Um, well, and I think that's so well said and uh, I'm really glad this is recorded because I think that's a beautiful way to describe what that can and should look like in the local church. So I, I appreciate you sharing all of that. That is fantastic. Yeah. So just, yeah, just an encouragement. Cause I know it's a, it's a real struggle and, but I've, I've seen so many evidences of grace in, in brothers that have encouraged me and my other sisters, especially when I was at Southern, um, 
seminary when I went there and, and having leaders like professors like Dr. Kreider and Dr. Lewis, Dr. Greenway, who really mm -hmm. affirm all that the Lord is doing. And he has a journey for each one of us, male, female, child, um, all. And so um, to continue living in that reality and encouraging one another because we need it. Amen. Amen. Just kind of as a, a final thought, you know, towards encouragement, you know, Oksana, you are a very encouraging person from, you know, I feel like every person you encounter, your desire is to encourage them uh, with, with the word of God. Well, we, the Lord is using you in a powerful way. So uh, just kind of as a closing thought, how would you encourage, how can you encourage our South Carolinian uh, worship leaders, worship ministers, tech people, comms people, what would you say to encourage them? Just a little bit of that, the, the, the gifting that God has given you as an encourager. How would you encourage our, our Baptist churches here to, 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 towards love and good deeds? I love that uh, this week the Lord has put on my heart, um, and we recorded this for our service on Sunday, but the promise right now that uh, Christ has given us is that he's building his church, even in the midst of all this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Mm. Um, and for all of you to not lose hope, <laughs> we have a living hope that's written in First Peter um, that's um, unfading, um, imperishable <laughs> to us, that's kept in heaven for us. And for you guys, just, and I know that you know this, to remain faithful um, and as you are, <laughs> But just, I think the pain of separation right now is, is putting a longing, at least in my heart, anticipating the gathered worship of heaven. And I think the Lord is, is reviving so much in our hearts and bringing revival to, to our country, to the world. And I, I pray, and he's using each one of you guys right now to pour into intentionally whoever he's put in your sphere of influence for right now. And so do what you can to the best excellently for his glory. Um, and just rest that he's got this all and that he's in, in his all loving sovereignty. We can, we can, that's the pillow we can rest our head upon is his sovereignty. Um, and so know that for you personally, whatever you may be going through that he truly never leaves nor forsakes um, I know there's been a time in my life where, um, many times, but I didn't know Jesus is all I needed until he was all I had. And that is probably true for, for many people right now going through their darkest pit of maybe loneliness or whatever they may be dealing with in your congregation. And so really just, just being faithful, know that he loves you. He's holding you fast and he's called you for such a time as this. And may we, the church, rise up um, and lean into the spirit to see what he's telling all of us and how to obey him faithfully. So I appreciate you all, even though I wish I could. Yeah, I want to meet you guys in person. But I was grateful for this time. Amen. Thanks so much, Oksana. Oksana Vayuk is the worship minister at the Church at Harpeth Heights. Um, and uh, we appreciate I hope this resource is a resource to you. Um, to learn more about how you can um, be a part of these calls, uh, visit scbaptist.org slash worship. Um, also follow the SC Baptist uh, worship um, 
music uh, Instagram page and uh, be able to find and sign up to how to participate in more of these calls and to see more of these video resources in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, Matt, anything you want to say, Matt? No, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank Oksana, you, thank you for being with us. And until next time. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk, a weekly training resource for South Carolina Baptist worship, production, music, media, creative, and communications leaders. This South Carolina Baptist Convention resource is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.